Welcome to the Athletes Podcast, where athletes and geeks collide. I'm your host, Bakari Spells, and with me, I have Adrian. How you doing, man? I'm chilling. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. How are you doing today? I'm just glad to finally get a hold of you, man. Just glad you can grace me with your presence, you know? Hey, I, you know, I'm a bit... You're a business man. That's you What'd you say? Okay. I said, I'm still on recovery mode. That's why they didn't get nothing last week. Oh, shit. What you, oh, you recovering from that, uh, what's that? Was that Quinceanera or somebody's birthday? Yeah, I was in El Paso party for five straight days. They mm-hmm. they had your boy there. They did. They celebrated my daughter's birthday one day, another one of her cousin's birthday the next day, yeah. then a Quinceanera, then like the post-Quinceanera where they eat manure or whatever. Uh-huh. And then they drink there, and then you had the 4th of July, and then we celebrated her grandma's 80th birthday, and then your boy had to drive back. That's why I was like, boy, I'm still recovering. I ain't even done. I barely left bed today. If you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have said you're trying to record, I wouldn't have left bed all day. I've been laying down all day. Well, you know, we got to give the people what they want. How many of those functions did you uh partake in, drink a little bit? Every single one. Yeah, yeah. I had to. yeah you ain't young like you used to be, man. You a dad. Exactly, I couldn't. They, they had me every night hung. I wake up, I'm hungover to the like. They, man, they they be drinking with their their hungover meal, the that manure or whatever to help them with the hangover. They be drinking while they eat. Man. I was what, like, what bro, is, uh, what what is that? Manure stuff. What I don't know. That? I have no idea. I don't ask questions. Just there's something that they eat out there. Ain't 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 the Harrison. I remember. Like, like the chicken tenders and fries for dinner type of guy. I mean, I am, I am a picky eater. I be chilling, but I mean, hey, I, I was told beforehand I can't, I got to eat at least something everywhere. Well, you know what? That's a great segue because you know who else needs to eat everywhere? They go <laughs> fucking Chet hungry. All right. So we're here to talk about the OKC Summer League Edition. You know what I mean? We have these fresh new rookies, about three first rounders to grace in the floor. We got hey, Ares, <laughs> we got Adrian's favorite player, Poku, you know, getting some serious minutes in the first couple Sir. of games. My bad. One Harrison's favorite player to hate Poku. Getting some serious minutes, showing us what he does best, fucking up. So I mean we got some takes from you. Um Harrison, you didn't really see any of these games, right? Uh I caught them here and there. I didn't get to like sit down and watch every I watched the big name games. I didn't watch every summer league game. The big name I, I call it here and there. All right. So I'm going to get right into it. First, I want to start off by addressing the elephant in the room, Chet Hunger, right? And it's not really an elephant. Motherfucker's excellent at basketball, right? He's a rookie. He's not going to get 20 points every game. He's His his physique, his physique is what it is, you know what I mean? It's going to affect him in the post. But when I told you last time we talked about this motherfucker that he may need some time, to, to play a whole 82 game schedule, you was like, you, you remember how irate you got? And then you ended in two, in two fucking summer league games. He I, I said for the Poku thing. That's what I was irate about. Nah, man. Cause like we, we, we have it on film. We have it on on record, bro. Yeah, we do. I, I just go back and listen. But anyways, so that that's concerning for me. You know, two summer league games in, he tweaked an ankle like he tweaks a knee. Um... I mean, even even if he just – he's not going to play with the OKC Blue for you. He's too talented. He's going to play, you know, with the, the major – starting center. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no I center mean, on I your mean, roster. Yeah, I mean, starter and label, but I mean, how many minutes per game do you project? Twenty six. You're gonna have twenty five plus. Like that's what a starter had. Twenty five. Okay, here's the di- okay. So, I so what I'm talking is, about with the tweaking of the. Here's the. He's not gonna have to do as much as he's doing with this team. Yes, they have Giddy there with him, but Poku is involved basically every defensive play and every offensive play darn near. That's not how OKC is going to use them. Y'all got Shea, y'all got Giddy, y'all got all these players that's going to make life easier for them to where they can't just be like, hey, we're going to go right there at you, we're going to go right at you. And at the same time, I also don't see y'all using Chet in the traditional center way. Like, he's going to be our starting five. I don't believe he's going to guard the fives. I think he's going to be like Cat and like Rob Williams to where they roam. They don't guard the five, but they're such elite rim protectors, and they can do a little on – well, not um, – but such an elite rim protector, and he can, you know, guard on the perimeter a little bit, move around. He may not guard the five, but they're going to – that's a matchup that – Yeah, gonna they're going to – but I'm saying he's going to yeah, be a smaller player. He's yeah, not going to guard and lead. Yeah. He's going to be on a, a wing that's not a very good shooter that he can – he'll be guarding Matisse Steibel. And he'll be roaming. Like, they're not going to guard him as much. Matisse Stiebel's not about to put the floor on the floor. He's not a good three-point shooter. And then he goes and plays help defense and help side. That's what Giannis does. And Giannis got the defense player of the year. He's an elite defender. That's what Rob does, who was in the running for defensive player of the year and the elite rim protector. And I see that's the same thing um, Chet's going to do. I feel like that's what they're going to put him in until he puts weight on. They're going to have him, like, roaming to where he's not guarding the fives, but he's, like, roaming. The only thing that struggles with that is – when they when they have elite shot creators around the game. Like, like, like I said, she said about the Sixers and the Matisse Thibault, but what happens when they have, like, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Tobias Harris, whoever else, and Embiid on the court, then it's like he has to guard somebody. Then he's going to be guarding Correct. Embiid. Correct. But I feel like y'all still got Lou Dort and all those other players to where y'all going to play help defense. They're going to be down there swiping their hands down. Y'all not going to leave that man on the island like it's they are right now. It's not the end of the world, but it's not ideal. But I mean, he's yeah. directed, so nothing's gonna be ideal. But it's just yeah. a, it's just an observation that you know, just a little light in the ass. So yeah, we knew that though. Uh, of course, but I'm just gonna foot stomp it because it, it displeased me seeing him get bullied by that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking Griffey Jr. No, Lofton. Yeah. Uh, getting cooked by Lofton on the Grizzlies. That 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 disturbed me a little bit. I didn't like that shit. Um. Offensively, man, what do you think? How he's gonna fit in with, you know, he's not gonna have the ball in his hands a lot just to create. I don't think uh, because that's, that's taking the ball out of SGA's hand. If you see how they use Josh Giddy in the summer league, it looks like they're playing the, a larger on-ball role for him as well. Um, you drafted a Jalen Williams, a point guard who I think is gonna eat in some some third point guard minutes. I mean, it's it's not a lot of ball to go around, so. And he's not tough in the – I mean, he has footwork and he has fundamentals in the post, and he's nice in the post. But, I mean, as far as physicality in the post on the offensive end, he's not going to be able to impose his will at this level this early on. But so, that's not really his style, though. No, like, I understand. I understand. I understand. Yeah, I understand. But everybody keeps foot-stomping. And I don't want to say everybody, but I've seen people foot-stomping that, okay, we're going to force-feed him or we're going, we're going to feature him this year and shit like that. But I think it's going to be hard to do that organically. Yeah, you're, 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 you're going to have to feast on, like, 
boards, and that's going to be hard to get. Or he's going to have to feast on corner three, you know, corner threes and and handoff. I mean, he, he has he has off the he has off the ball and on the ball creation, you know, with the dribble. But I mean, motherfuckers are athletes at this level. And it's I mean, he, he's having issues in summer league getting above the twenty point mark in two consecutive games. So when he starts playing, you know, all NBA defenders. I mean, but here's my thing with that. It's just like the shot fall, the shot, just like with Jabari Smith struggling right now, you've seen good shooters go struggle all the time. I feel like it's like the shots fall sometimes and sometimes you don't. And like I said, he's not going to have to do all this. A lot of his creation is coming from him creating a shot, whether he's trying to do a post fadeaway, whether he's dribbling and pulling up off the dribble. He's not going to have to do that. Like, his life is going to be extremely easy because he has SGA and Josh Giddy there to create for him. Like, in the summer league right now, he's easily the best player. Yes, Josh Giddy's out there and he's working here and there. But when Josh Giddy's on the floor, you see Chet doing everything by himself. Nobody's creating for him. Chet going to be doing some pick and pops, some pick and rolls, throwing the oops every once in a while, some catch and shoots. Every once in a while, he might get, uh, like, a post fade or something like that. But I feel like Chet's usage rate is going to be extremely low because you're going to have SGA can a- is easily can average 25 a game. Josh Giddy can give oh, you 15, happen. 8, and 8. That's what I'm – so, like, Chet going to come out there. I see Chet putting up 15 to 17 points a game, but it's not going to be off his creation. It's going to be off, like, other people's creation. Like, yeah. he's going to be, like – imagine, like, how Miles Turner is offensively where he's just catching lobs catch and shoot threes, every once in a while you see him kind of create for himself, I feel like that's what you're going to see with Chet. Like, you're gonna, unless he has, a like, a mismatch or he just has it going that day, you're going to see, like, SGA and Giddy just make his life easy, which they should. I mean, Dork, we see Dork can average 18 a game, so it's like you got 25 there, 18 there, 15 there. Like, Chet, like, the third, fourth option, I say third in case on those days that Giddy's trying to be a true point guard, but on other days when Giddy's scoring too, check gonna be the fourth. I, I feel like on his, in his rookie year, he'll be he'll be fine. He he's not gonna be the focal point offensively, which should make life easier to where he doesn't exhaust himself and he can just like yeah, all right, I can chill, get my shots here and there. Same on the defensive end. He got players all around him that can make life easier to where he's not just getting beat up defensively and can help him and guide him because. If you look at even the plays where Lofton was dominating, Chet was in good positioning. He had good positioning. He just got dominated because Lofton, the man just strong. Lofton bullies a lot of people. He's like 6'7", 280. Yeah, like he, imagine what's called Zion without the vertical and athleticism. Like Zion without athleticism is still a big boy that's going to bully you in the paint. That's how Lofton plays his game. He gets there, he bully, bully, bully. Bully them in the paint, not me. I'm built different. But oh shit. yeah. <laughs> so like, but yeah, moving off the moving off to Chet Holmgren, uh, I guess criticism. The boy can hoop, so I'm I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen so, with him so far. What what I really think about when I start watching him play is damn like, how's he going to fill out in three four years? Is he going to fill out kind of how Embiid did? Is he going to hit the weight room hard? And then kind of get a stronger base, and then grow from bottom up, or is he going to kind of go the KP route and be very tested forever? 
you know. But, I mean, so that's just something. KP still got strength though. He might. He didn't. He he like he put on muscle. He just didn't get like big. He just put on enough muscle to where he just wasn't getting dominated every time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I, I like what I seen from Chet, man. I spoke briefly on Jalen Williams, the guard from um, Santa Clara. But I, I really like what I've seen from him lately, man. Uh, when I compare his minutes to the brief minutes I've seen from Trey Mann, I mean, Jalen as a rookie looks a lot more under control. I think he understands the pace of pick and roll really well. He's had a couple of hiccups um, just trying to make those passes in traffic, but more often than not, he's making the right read. Um, good shot making, solid in traffic. I mean, it's a lot to like about him, and it, and it, and it looks translatable. It's not one of those things where it's like, you know, it's, he's doing flashy shit to get off, and you know, you're like, damn, that shit might not fall every time. He's he's doing good sound. He's just like a really good sound fundamental guard, and I, it, it is hard to believe that the Thunder didn't, you know, think about, damn, this is a good, you know, backup, you know, lead guard for our backup unit, or et cetera, et cetera. And that's gonna be hard to have a true backup lead guard, because I mean. Those backup minutes are probably gonna go to Giddy or or SGA, whoever's not on the court at that time. But I, I like the early returns from him. Have you seen any? Have you seen any uh, highlights from him? Yeah, I've seen him being solid. He's been kind of um, overshown like because right? because Chet. Can you see they mention him every once in a while game because you see Chet and you see Getting. Those are the focuses of the game, or whoever they're playing is the they got to focus on the other team to where he's not really getting recognition. Same with Jang. He's not really getting recognition. He's not mm-hmm. shooting the best right now either, but he's still he 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 still looks solid. Like he's looking like he got length. He's still taking good shots. He's, he's getting like, to okay, his spots. Yeah, he's getting to his spot and you can see the potential. It's just like I said, not every the shot sometimes you just have your days where the shot's not falling. And he just hasn't had one of those days where the shot was just truly falling. But he looks he still looks good out there. He still passes the eye test, even though his numbers don't show that he's playing well. So I see what you're going with there. We also got to talk about the we, – we talking about the number two pick. We got to talk about the number one pick out there, Ben Carroll. He he he, he hooped his first game. That he, he had him matched up against what's called the number three overall pick, who everybody thought was going to go number one. We had him going against Jabari Smith, and Jabari Smith was – Jabari Smith, let's just say, has struggled in the summer league. I mean, but, that was some of the – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. I mean, beyond all some of the concerns, you started seeing, like, a little bit closer to the draft. Like, what does he have when his shot's not falling? How how how, how does he leverage his athleticism when his shot's not falling? Because, I mean, his 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 shot is beautiful. You know what I mean? He's an offensive weapon when it's on, when it's off. Is he going to use his size and you and use his whatever? And it's, it wasn't working for him in that game, but... I think he'll be fine. I mean, it's, it's an adjustment period, right? Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I still say the same thing like I was saying about Jay. The shot's going to fall eventually. I'm never yeah. worried about, like, shooters because the, their coach was saying the same thing. He's like, I'm not worried about it because uh, he was shooting poorly. His coach was like, I'm not worried about this shot not falling because we know he can shoot. We he That's something we, we, we know. We, we know he can shoot. We want to see – what he does when his shot's not falling. We know he can defend, too. We saw him out there defending. We saw him doing everything like that. Just like last game, he shot awful last game. He got he he, he was 5 for 19. 
At one point, he was just like, he was just chucking, but his coach is still talking about like, it's fine because he's been playing really good defense. He's been rebounding the ball. He finished with nine boards, three blocks, four steals. So his shot wasn't falling, but he was affecting the game in other ways. And he's like, I see now the whole reason I was going back and forth between Ben, Ben Cheryl and Smith between the number one pick was I was like, the Magic need a number one score. That's what they need. If you look at how the Magic are constructed right now, they got they got defense all around them. Their their draft their biggest draft picks last year with Suggs and Franz Wagner. They're both solid, but they're not going to be number one options. Wagner is a good defender. He's a good guard one through four type of guy. He's a good solid um, glue guy that you're going to need on that team. Might not ever be an all-star, but he's going to be like a fringe all-star. Somebody's like, oh, yeah, he's solid. He's going to be somebody that people want on the team. Jalen Suggs, he struggled, but you see he got the tough nose defense. He's, you know, a playmaker. If he can figure it out coming into this next year, he's going to be cool. Fultz can score, and Fultz is probably going to be their starting shooting guard next year. He can score and he can do things, but you don't see him as the number one option as you used to. He said, you see everything on the match, you see a lot of – solid players that right. if you put a number one option on that team, you'd be like, dang, this this team can make some noise. They just need – that's all they're missing is a number one option. And you see Smith, and it's like – I was like, oh, yeah, I think Smith could go there because of his shooting and everything like that. But you see he lacks – like his shot creation is not there yet. Right. I know they said he – that was the biggest thing. Like when he develops into a better shot creator, he's going to be elite because – he already has the length in the defense. He has the shot, beautiful shot already. All he needs is to put it on the floor and shot create. And he also needs to put weight on because he's just like Chet where he's too skinny. You saw him getting bullied by Ben Carroll. And like, so putting Ben Carroll there because that was the biggest thing where people were talking about he's the most NBA ready. Out of the, the top three, he's probably the best scorer. He can score all three levels, most NBA ready. He got the NBA frame. He can do it all, playmaking. It's just everybody's like, okay, we don't know how much his shot's going to translate, and we don't know defensively where he's going to get. We don't see him ever reaching the defensive potential of Smith or Chet, and we're not sure exactly where that three ball is going to be. But Ben Carroll came out there, and he showed, I'm NBA ready. You saw him catch on the block, face up hit you with a jab, go by you, or you saw him jab, pull-up jumper, spin, fade away. You saw him showing NBA moves, and everybody was like, nah, he got an NBA bag for real. And mm-hmm. you saw, and it's like, yeah, they. I see why they went with you now. Like, they, they need a number one score, and you can be that carry score. And Smith going with somebody like Jalen Green, to w- which I think is perfect for him because he don't have to worry about being a number one option. You got a number one option on your team. You got Jalen Green. You go over there, you don't have to shot create, you don't have to do everything there. You can worry about catch and shoot, play defense, and wait for your bag to develop because you got you got dogs on there. So right now I think everybody so far, every the top four picks, the top five picks actually, because Keegan Murray been hooping. Um what's I called I've been hooping. You said what? I was watching him today. Yeah, he he been he been hooping, hooping. And so I'm like, you see all top five picks, it looks like Every single one of them went to the perfect situation. Um, you don't really see that happen off. You go, like, okay, how is this going to fit? People be like, wonder how this is going to fit. The only one that people had questioned was really was the um, Kenneth Murray one because it's like, 
they the Kings say they're trying to make a playoff championship run, and you're like, how much is a rookie really helping you? But then you see his scoring and shot creation, and you see his all-around game. It's like, okay, y'all got De'Aaron Fox signed up for. He signed his extension a while back, a couple years ago. You got a few, more, a couple more years of Sabonis on contract. You can give Murray like one or two years to develop and see where he goes, and then make make a couple more moves, and we can see where y'all at. Oh, we yeah. can see where y'all at. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So I, I, so far, I'm happy with all the top five rookies. You saw, I mean, it's a little bit lower than the top five, but you saw Shaden Sharks injury, little minor tear in the labrum. Yeah, which is tough because I know a lot of people wanted to see him go out there. Um, we wanted yeah, to see what, what the Blazers. Yeah, see what he can prove with himself because out of all the top picks, like the top 10 picks, he, he he's the most questionable. People are like, we don't know what we're going to get him because we haven't seen him play since high school. I mean, so nobody yeah, knows. He probably needed those, you know, those reps just to shake some. I mean, I guess you want to call it ring rust off. I mean, he was practicing with Kentucky. So yeah, he I mean, was practicing just, just like he's been practicing, getting ready for the summer action. league. But yeah. yeah, like, like, like practice in actual in-game like yeah, runs. That's exactly. two different things. Exactly. So I mean, that was the Blazers really was going. I mean, the Blazers were probably they see it's like, all right, see, let's see what we got. Let's see if we really, you know, if we hit right. And now it's like, damn, you probably gotta wait. What you looking at, like a month and a half? Yeah, but that's that's enough time. That, that he he come back right before preseason. He it's not get, a shooting we'll, shoulder, but yeah, but we'll, so we'll see him during preseason. Cause he'll, unless there's complication or something goes wrong, we'll, he'll come back right before preseason. We can see him then, and then we can see what we got. But again, like you said, they probably wanted to see what they got with him because that with a with a young rookie, especially somebody because he reclassed, so he he even younger than he like he's supposed to be, and it's like. You want to see what you got. You want to see what you got, and he needs those reps. It's not mm-hmm. like he was three years, four years in college. He done, he done put in work. He, he, he ready. He need, he needs those. He needs those reps, and that's yeah. just tough for him. You saw uh, the Kennedy Chandler deal, the, the largest guaranteed deal for a second round pick ever. Like, oh, I'm, I missed that one. Oof. I mean, it wasn't crazy. I, mean, I think it was like. Don't quote me on this because I'm not pulling shit. It's pulling this out my ass. I think it's like four mil guaranteed or some shit. But for a second round pick, that's pretty decent. But I think they kind of, the GM kind of said they kind of acquiesced that because they saw him as a first round talent, which if you saw some glimpse of his, you know, his defense and his playmaking. Uh, the first game he played with the Grizzlies, I mean, you could probably see how some people might lean that way. But his size, man, really fucking hurts him. And I, I think that hurts his it's hard for a five eleven guard to play minutes in the NBA if you can't play defense at a high level, and it's hard to do at that size. But unless you just right. gonna be elite offensively to the point where you can carry a franchise like yeah, Isaiah Thomas, Trey Young, somebody like that. Like yeah, but he's playing for the Grizzlies, so I mean, you yeah, got you got Jaw right there who's already an undersized guard. Bain's gonna be doing that, like so. I mean, it's like this doesn't bring you know what I'm fucking talking about. So it's like. It's just too. It, it, you really paying them all out to run your G League affiliate efficiently. For I mean, while. backup point guards are definitely a necessity in the NBA. Um, the Celtics saw that this year. A lot of teams see that you need that solid backup point guard, and it's better just to go ahead and lock him up. Cause you already know you got a franchise player in Jaw. Jaw can't play every minute in the game. 
We saw Ja miss quite a bit of time last year. And it's like, okay, those games you want to rest, Ja, it's nice to have that backup that's just like, you don't have, he, you don't expect him to have like all star, superstar potential. You just, he has potential starting caliber potential. And you're like, okay, starting caliber potential. But he's, he's a starting point guard in this league, but he's coming off the bench. That's crazy. Like, yeah. like, so he's matching up against bench units, and he could be a starter if he go to another team, and that just made your bench that much more, like, crazy. So I can understand why you lock him in early to where it's like, hey, yeah, hey, we just we go there. And, crazy for sure. Yeah, and then especially an undersized guard like that, I don't see it as a big deal if you're coming off the bench because you that's where you see most of your, like. Like, think of all the six men, for the most part, right. the great six men in the game. Guards yeah, you, you see undersized guards that can come in there, get buckets, do a little bit of playmaking, but their main game is to get buckets, go out there. They're not they're not going to go out there and play defense. What last yeah, great six men you saw play defense? I mean, Marcus Smart used to be a six man, right? Well, that, that was nah, different. I don't think he's like a true. Well, I said, well, what? I said that's different hey, because he also started a lot of games. He started at two for us a lot of games. I see your point. Yeah, that's what I'm like. He started at two for most of them, like like a true six man. Yeah, because that's where you put him at. You're like, I want them to be at least good. That's why I always say with, um, what's called, Kevin Porter Jr., everybody always wants him to be a starting point guard. I'm like, yeah, he more of a two guard. I want him to be a six man. Because the man is capable of averaging 20 a game. He don't don't have to be your starter. Bring him off the bench and work with him and Jalen Green. Two two guards that don't play defense and both scores. Instead of forcing that, everyone come off the bench and you see that Jalen Green has a higher potential than Cam Porter. Put Cam Porter on the bench. Be like, hey, you lead the second unit. He going against he putting up twenty against starters. That man gonna kill against the bench unit. Like that 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 just works for you. I don't I don't see the whole not wanting to be a six man because either way your money comes. Six mans are important. And you can get your numbers regardless. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit. Some people embrace the six-man role. Like you said, they got that green light coming off the bench because you got to get those points when the starter's sitting. So I, you got to get in where you fit in. So congrats to him once again. Oh, shit. Do you have any more takeaways in the summer league, man? Uh, no, I'm going to start watching more uh, this week now that I'm back off rest. Uh, like I said, I was recouping all I this drink. week. Yeah, I have been. I man, I done already went through like two cases of water since I've been back alone. Mm. Well, before we go, man, I think I wanted to talk about this early while we were still on the Thunder, man. But looking at KD leaving the Nets after leaving the Warriors, after leaving the Thunder, and then looking at Russ leaving the Thunder for was it Houston, and then leaving Houston for. Was it the Lakers? Yeah. Anyways, pretty much after well, I mean, watching, I don't see, after I don't watching see every superstar that we drafted essentially play, you know, Trey Hopper, free agency hop, and then and those being pretty much domestic players, American players, do you think that our, us having a stronger focus on foreign players in the draft, you know, whether it be from Australia, I mean, Chet's American, I think, yeah. but, um, but we still pick Dane. Um, in the last draft, we had a pretty poku. Do you think we're looking to build a more stable roster internationally because they may be less inclined to leave for our quote-unquote hot American market? Like, do you think we're trying to build stability through, like, I don't know, the foreign market? No, I think y'all are just taking a chance. The foreign market is always just a 
you always see is like high potential because that's usually when you see forms. You don't really see what they're doing. You're like, hey, this is a high risk, high reward type thing. And I think you're just taking chances because it's like y'all got a boatload of picks. It's like, why not? So I don't think they're seeing it as much of a um, leaving thing. I think that's just the league today. I think that's just culture today, too, because, like, look that's at fact. people. Yeah, like, people rarely stay at jobs anymore. People be like, hey, they be there, like, I've been out of the military. And I've already been two different jobs. Like, oh, you go work yeah. at one job, uh, then you see another job that's paying, like, more money or has more benefits or whatever the reason. And you're like, oh, so, so it's a better opportunity for you. You can get better growth there. You leave and go there. And then let's say you sit there for a couple years, you leave and go to the next place. I think everybody just does what's best for them. So I don't think, like, the I think I don't know if that's an American mentality or if that's just uh, mm. mentality period nowadays. I don't. I don't know if I was going for American mentality. I think I was going for more familiarity, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know. So, say we go over to Spain. We don't know what cities are hot and not outside of in Spain, outside of what the capital may be, right? But, like, in America, we know Houston's crazy. After you stay there for a couple know, years, you might figure Atlanta, it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're talking about... But also, where your, your first city, like, because all these, all these teams are in pretty much quote-unquote major cities like in their states whether that's a big market or not these are big cities so if you're coming from a foreign country not like you're in a third world country but okay this is, you're gonna be like, okay this is a big city as far as america i have nothing to compare it to i guess it's cool but then again they travel to all these fucking cities when they yeah play. they travel all the time man you sit yeah. there for a couple years you see hey i'm you hit that kawaii mentality you're like hey i'm not making bread here i'm in a i'm yes it's a big city but this is a small market like, OKC is known as a small market. San Antonio is known as a small market. Like, you're in one of these small market teams. You're like, hold up. I need to get to, like, L.A. I Hello? I need to get to Hello, one of them Florida much. teams. I need to get to one. Oh, okay. My bad. I was saying you need to get to one of these other teams. So it's like, hey, we need to get that bread. And because, yes, I make this much money off my NBA contract. But I can make even more money off endorsements. And if I'm sitting here in Minnesota or Sacramento, I'm like, no lie, like, yo, your endorsement deal is not going to be hitting the same as if you in L.A., as you know. So, so that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, or Atlanta or something like that. Yo, your endorsement is not going to hit the same. So you're you eventually just going to see. Or it also feels like how the management does. I'm surprised, like I said. Shout out to SGA because I don't feel like a lot of people would have stuck around like he did even after signing that contract. I feel like a lot of people would have asked out already, regardless, because it's like, hey, eventually we want to win. Like, uh, some, well, some people want to kick back, but it's like, it's hard to be like, hey, y'all paying me. But takeaway is just, just not, not being a homer or nothing else like that. But you sitting there at the rebuild, at the rebuild, at the rebuild. And you don't know when the rebuild ends. Let's say you sit there. Bruh, it's not like oh. SGA's in year fucking six. Like, look. I know. Four. I'm just saying. I, I'm Wait, just for saying, real. Yeah. So he had no, yeah, like, no, nah, no. Nah, but nah, look, nah, look nah. at how so he didn't have to on that long of a rebuild, bro. He was he's, in the playoffs. Too. His, well, he was yeah. in the playoffs his first two years in the league with the Clippers, and then we the OKC. I'm talking about just with OKC. He he went to the playoffs one time with OKC. He went to then he was in a one. rebuild. Then and you're then gonna be in a rebuild this year, and then you're gonna be in a rebuild next year, possibly. But I'm you saying might when make you... the fucking play in this year. I'm, probably not. But yeah, come on now. Hey, hey, probably hey. not. But you might. Nah, that, if, you that, that was... if you hoop, nigga, hoop. <laughs> that, that's 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 a, that's a re- even with him hooping. My whole point, like I said, see, that's your homework coming out. I'm saying like, 
you see that and you see and you're like, okay, I don't know what direction. Even if you make the playoffs, that's not the goal. Like, I feel like so many times we have romanticized the idea of making the playoffs. Like, you see the same thing with other fans, like basically like Minnesota, the Pelicans. They be like, oh, well, we're, we're, we've been in the rebuild yet. We've been getting all these young asses, and then we're starting to um, make the playoffs now. And it's like, who the hell cares that you made the playoffs? Like, did you win a chip? Did you get to the finals? No, then I, I honestly, I mean, my man, I, I, I don't, fair. I don't. That's not fair. No, no, no. That I'm is fair. That is fair. Because I'm like, I, I'm saying, if you're romanticized, hey, let me finish. No, 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 don't, don't talk. No, you're romanticized. A lot of people have been romanticizing. No, The romanticizing the idea. Three years without What was it? How long Butler been going? It was three years, right? Yeah, but before yeah. Butler, it was last time they it's, made it was KD. Yes, and I'm saying that's cool. Bleak. That's cool. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm like you because you try. You to, can pat Beverly crime. Do you make? The I'm playoffs. saying that we're romanticizing that idea. I'm like, yes, that's cool, but that's not the goal. Like you're like, oh, but we made the playoffs. I'm like, okay, cool. Where are you going from there? If you if you're if you're Hopefully sitting there like, okay, I made the playoffs my first year. Second year we went to rebuild. Third year we're going into rebuild again. And then fourth year, we might make some moves that get us to the playoffs again. But then I'm like, I've sat here for four years, and I've been to the first round one time. I sat here five years, been to the first out of the – I mean, I've only made it to the first round one time. I haven't made it out of the first round. Those and you just sit there over and over and over, and I'm like, okay, where do we go from here? You Then you start seeing teams like Indiana. You see teams like Orlando. You see those teams that are just happy to be there. And it's like you're stuck in that little middle area to where you're never really getting to those upper – upper echelons of like play like teams you're not going to be like the number one team or two three one through five because y'all romanticizing the idea of hey we got to the playoffs we're going to try to get more picks start re-picking again and get young guys then we're going to move on from those young guys because eventually we got too many young guys we can't pay them all we're going to start looking at these young guys then start looking at these young guys then start looking at these young guys and then they see no 10 years has passed and we still ain't even been to the conference finals yet that's all I'm saying. Your taste angered me, but I ain't eat dinner yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, how? how uh, hey, man. Thank y'all for listening to the After East podcast. <laughs> hey, remember, always, always, please respect women and pimping ain't something. And we out. <laughs> <laughs>